you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to the Big Top of Podcasting in the Sky, as it were. And as always, we have the hottest uh, billionaires, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and newsmakers and authors on the show to come talk shop. So if you're not subscribed to the show, we're going to play a little guilt trip here and say, Please, for the love of God, subscribe. But uh, we certainly love you. For 15 years, we've been bringing two to three shows a weekday, 10 to 15 a week. What more do you want from me, people? Listen to the damn shows already. <laughs> I want to meet the one person who listens to all 15 shows a week, like from beginning to end. We have like a 96% consumption rate, which is like pretty huge. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, uh, why don't you put the ads at the end of the show, Chris? I'm like, we have a 96% consumption rate. If I do that, people are going to miss the end and we also do some of the best parts of the show at the end so if you're not listening 100 percent, you're going to miss all those can i get any more guilty and pluggy at the beginning of the show on a monday i sure can damn it go to goodreads.com for chess chris foss youtube.com for chess chris foss linkedin.com for chess chris foss and uh and chris foss one on tiktok we do this as a way to teach you uh, how to guilt trip your friends, neighbors, and relatives into subscribing to the show. As always, we have the most amazing guests on the show, and that is the real hallmark of the Chris Voss Show. The brilliance of minds and intelligence and logicness. Is logicness a word? Logicness? And uh, what else? I mean, I, I flunk second grade, so those are the only words I know uh, on the show. And we have an amazing gentleman on the show. He is a gentleman who is, and he, he works, is... <laughs> I clearly have no logicness at this point. Steve Morris joins us on the show today. He's uh, from a company called EOS Worldwide, and he's a certified implementer, facilitator, and business coach. And he's going to be talking to us about all the different great things. We're going to be talking about leadership today, running teams, and his story is amazing. In fact, it's so amazing, I'm going to tell it to you. That's how amazing this is. I'm actually going to read a bio on the show, which I actually do every show, but it sounds Sounds, we're going to make it bigger than it is. Uh, Steve had a really cool, interesting start to his career designing multi-million dollar racing yachts. See, I told you this is cool. Did I not tell you this is cool? I told you this is cool. And he's building and coaching high-performance teams to help his clients win the most demanding yacht races. You know those cool, those yachts you see in San Francisco and other places that, you know, they're really agile and light and sometimes they crash. That's kind of fun, actually. Uh, he has run and grown a small business and then transitioned his career to become a certified PMP program manager, managing million-dollar budgets and helping the U.S. Navy launch ships into the fleet. Eight years ago, he started his own business with the mission to help business owners build better lives through building better businesses, getting unstuck, feeling growth, achieving more profit, and having more fun with their crew. Steve's passion is bringing his expertise, experience, and lessons learned with world-leading high-performance teams to help his clients evaluate their businesses, become more cohesive, 
Uh, that's what I need, more cohesivity in my life. Uh, I think if you take more fiber, that's what you do for that. Uh, he's healthy and helps to be healthy and organized so they can attain the results and success they want. Welcome to the show, Steve. How are you? I'm great, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. What an introduction. And thanks for coming. So I hope you brought the, what did I say, the knowledgeness? I don't know. I made up some word. I don't know, mm -hmm. whatever the word I made of. Well, we'll come back to it for the callback joke of the show. So uh, give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs, please, sir. So I'm at usworldwide.com slash Stephen Morris. So S-T-E-P-H-E-N dash M-O-R-R-I-S. Stephen Morris at usworldwide.com. There you go. There you go. So Stephen, give us a 30,000 overview of uh, who you are, what you do. Well, Chris, I'm a certified EOS implementer, and that means that I come in and help business owners and leadership teams just get what they want from their business. Mm -hmm. So often, you know, you start a business, you start scaling it up, and then all of a sudden, you find you just can't get your arms around it anymore. Lots of people coming into the office and, you know, problems here, 136 issues coming at them every day. And I come in, help them implement a complete proven system of a simple set of practical tools and it helps them tamp down on all that chaos get some calm get some clarity and simplify their business and take it forward there you go that's always a good thing uh tell us a little bit about uh, your life journey how you got to where you are and uh you know i'm always interested in those yachts i'm sure a lot of people are fascinated by them you know those ones at the billionaire zone i guess yeah. were those the ones that were that they were run and you know mm -hmm. they do all those curly cool things are kind of lean out of the water and stuff yeah well that's where i started my career uh, my first job out of college was on a professional sailing team wow. and i really got to experience you know what it was like actually it was very interesting because i went from like studying in college to getting up you know before six in the morning and going to the gym and starting to lift a lot of iron off the floor because i had to get strong enough and fit enough to be able to you know, go out on the water every day sailing. Um, but at the same time, I was combining, you know, like my engineering um, skills with that professional sailing to help this boat get ready to go sail around the world. Um, but from that, I actually got to meet the boat's designer up here in, in uh, Annapolis, Maryland, actually, in, in America. So left New Zealand, moved up to the States, uh, got a job and started designing those America's Cup boats that you're talking about. Wow. That had to be just amazing. I mean, that sport is something else. I mean, not only are you in the water, but, you know, sailboats are just cool as heck. I, I Sailboats are so fun to be on because you're, you're out on the water, but you don't have the noise of the boat. Oh, yeah. It's and a beautiful thing when you can turn off the engine and it's all mm -hmm. quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you can, uh, you know, you pour the cement, throw the bodies overboard. No, I'm just kidding. You, know, you don't do that, people. That's, That's the Sopranos, yeah. Yeah, the attorney says we can't say that anymore. Uh, so uh, you probably learned a lot because there's a lot of team building in that business because those, you know, those guys have to work that do the, you know, they do all the rowing or it's not rowing. It's uh, I, I grinding. Think, grinding. Is it grinding those big yep. things they churn? Yep. And then people on the TV are like, what is he doing? Is he having a seizure? Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, they're trying to dodge the, the, uh, the sales as they go by. And then are, are they always supposed to go up on their side like that? Or is that just if things get a little too out of hand? Yeah, no, no, this is the thing I love about, you know, designing sailboats and going sailing as well is it's all about balance. Mm. Right. And so, you know, the beauty of sailboats is 
the force of the wind on the sails is balanced by, um, in the day when I was building and designing the boats, it was balanced by like a, a heavy weight, the keel mm-hmm. underneath the, um, now, you know, with these multi hulls and now they're up on hydrofoils, it's still all about balance. Yeah. And you just have to be, you know, very careful about, you know, where the forces are going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love sort of taking that analogy about how do we balance a lot of different things together into like moving forward. And of course, we do the same thing with teams, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Figuring out like, how do we balance personalities? How do we balance work, you know, and, and all of the sort of pressures coming in and, different opinions and then get that team sailing forward in the same direction. I have a lot of fun with that. There you go. Because just like a business, if everyone on the team isn't on the right page, uh, you're going to cross, you're going to cross the sailboat. Um, yeah. Cause you know, one guy's over here go, Oh, I thought we were going right. The other one's going, no, we're going left. And some other guys thought like, I don't know. I was looking at my text messages and you know, the sailboat goes, <laughs> it is kind of fun to actually see them crash and go in the water. I don't, I don't wish people harm, but it, it is kind of, you watch it for like NASCAR, basically. You watch for the car crashes, I, I have to admit. <laughs> but well, there is a beauty to it. That was the interesting sort of progression when you talk about my career. So when I started off, you know, I'm back in like the late 1980s now, right? And so mm-hmm. sailing um, was very much sort of, yeah, this sort of billionaire sports, but also like the crews were very largely um, amateur sailors. You know, we have a day job and then we, go off, you know, sailing on the weekend and things. But over time, through the next sort of 20 years, like sailing really became a professional sport. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up um, designing boats for people like Larry Ellison, right, the CEO of Oracle. He mm-hmm. wants to go win the America's Cup. And the thing I love about, you know, working for somebody like that is they've got this vision, like, for what the sport could be because – Back in the old days, you know, the sailing boats were doing like eight or nine knots, right? Eight mm-hmm. or nine miles an hour. It's like watching grass grow, right? You know, if you're trying to televise <laughs> that stuff on TV, you know, in, in 10 minutes, these something might happen, right? Something might happen. Yeah. You know, you can't maintain people's sense of attention uh, with that. So Larry had this vision for what America's Cup sailing could be, like Formula One, which is we need to be going a little faster. There needs to be a little bit more action here, a little bit more drama, right? Yeah. And at the same time, you know, the crews who are sailing these boats needed to become more professional. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things associated with that, right? Sort of going from this amateur mindset to now we are highly um, trained, you know, uh, athletes who are coming out every day and sailing these magnificent machines to their limit. Um, so it was a fascinating uh, career arc that I had to see that change in the sport. There you go. And probably getting people to perform to their to their to the point of their limits too, right, on the team. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, back in the late 1980s, it used to be like you go to the, to the bar, to the, you know, it was the pub we call it back in New Zealand. Uh-huh. There was a lot of that going on, right? But, yeah. you know, the reality is now if you are a world-class leading athlete, you can't do that sort of stuff. You've got to look after your body. You've mm. got to look after your mind. And you've really got to be raising yourself up to be, you know, performing at, at your peak um, in, in many different aspects. And I see the same things in business too. Like none of this is any different from bringing a leadership team in 
to a company and saying like, you know, here's our goals, but, you know, what's in the way of getting there? Let's get our vision in place and let's go. There you go. Uh, so let's talk about what EO, uh, EOS uh, Worldwide and uh, working with you does for them. What, what sort of uh, services do you offer? What, 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 what do you help people with? Um, I noticed you have an EOS model here, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Ah. And it really just is a complete proven system of a simple set of practical tools that we come into a business, help that business owner and their leadership team get what they want. Mm-hmm. At their heart, at the heart, when I'm working with my clients, I'm working with them on three main things. And we call it vision and traction and healthy. Mm-hmm. So vision from the standpoint of what is the vision for your business? Where are you guys going, right? And how are you going to get there? Because so often uh, when I'm starting to work with a group of people, I find like there's five different opinions about what that is in the room. And I need to get all of those on the same page, you know, and heading in the same direction. Isn't that interesting how companies are missing that key element of vision and it's so easy for companies, especially when they get larger, to have so many people going so many different ways. And whatever, even if the company does have a vision, if it's not implemented right, yeah, the, the vision can be lost. You know, some some person's vision is like, I don't know, I'm supposed to, I don't know, do more TPS reports. And you know, <laughs> exactly. meanwhile, the CEO is going, we're gonna climb that mountain over there and do that thing and build that widget. And the guy's like, uh, I don't know, I'm just trying to, I don't know, uh, make copies. So. I don't know. <laughs> well, that, that's the traction piece that I'm talking about, right? The, there you, you know, go. And, and in EOS, we say vision without traction is hallucination. And I've been there, right? You know, sitting around tables talking about strategy and then getting to the end of the year and, and we haven't achieved what we said we wanted to achieve because we didn't have traction. And so that's what I'm helping those leadership teams with. It's so if really, I – go ahead. Well, it's about discipline and accountability. Right. So the key is if you if you need vision, but then you also have the traction, the focus, the discipline, and accountability to get that pulled off. Yep. Otherwise, you can have all the vision you want, but you're just living in, a, like you mentioned, in a fantasy dream world. And you're just like, I have visions. Is it the peyote or, you know, that sort of thing? Or am I a burning man and I don't know what I took? Yeah. Well, what we bring that together, you know, the accountability. Accountability is an amazing word. So often when I start talking with, with business owners, you know, they, they come and say, I don't have enough accountability in my business. Mm-hmm. People aren't doing what I ask them to do. People aren't doing what they say they're going to do. The reality is what we do with EOS is we come and put a system. It's an operating system. Mm-hmm. So just like you have an operating system on your computer, you're either, you know, you're a Windows person or you're oh. a Mac person or a Linux person or whatever. Well, we put an operating system into the business that gets the people all working together. And that system enables, through our tools, enables the accountability. Accountability is a result at the end of it all. Nice. And so it's not something that we, you know, start off at the beginning at and I you know once again I feel like that's that's a change over the last 20 years 30 years I would say I think yeah. like accountability used to be like the stick that people like hit somebody over the head with but it doesn't work anymore 
Yeah, you, you, if you, 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 you know, it used to be, you'd be like, hey, do your job or we fire you. And, uh, you know, now, especially in today's market where people can quit and go make more money elsewhere and there's a high demand for uh, fewer employees in the marketplace and, you know, we've seen wages going up, you've got to be able to use that carrot more than the stick. You can't just threaten people to fire everyone like I do at work every day. Get back to work, <laughs> damn it. Or else. Yeah. How does that work for you, Chris? <laughs> it, it doesn't. They flip me off, and uh, they're all working from home, so they don't care. All right. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's not working. But that's why we need people like you to help me work. The healthy part, um, what does what healthy leadership look like? Uh, give me an idea of what that is in their mind. Is that where everyone's running the treadmill at noon, or what's going on there? I'm talking about health in terms of team health, working together as a team. We have to work together with these people that we have to look at every day? Yeah, apparently so. Oh, yeah, Steve. yeah. Steve. And the thing is, when you get the right group of people, it's actually fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll try it. Yeah. You've got me a, sold. There's a light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel there. There you go. Uh, these are factors that are so important. As a guy who's been running companies since I was 18 and, and love talking about leadership, uh, vision has always been like a number one thing for me as a CEO. Um, having a vision... And then, of course, uh, telling everyone you're my vision ad nauseum, trying to get people to execute that vision. Uh, people chase leaders that have a vision. And I'm not talking those ones that, you know, they're at uh, Burning Man with Hiawaska. There's our callback joke. Um, the, uh, it, it basically, people have a, a burning vision of desire that people can get behind. You know, Steve Jobs was good at that. And, and giving people sometimes a... Uh, moonshot sort of vision that almost seemed a little too unreal. Like, wait, we're going to take all these giant fax machines and printers and, you know, phones and, and we're going to cram them into this small amount of real estate and turn into a cellular phone. And people are like, what? And he's like, yeah, we're going to do that. And it's going to have a touch screen too. And people are like, what? And so, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they said. I have a friend yeah. who was on the team and I'm sure that's what they said most of the time. What? So, uh, but having that vision and getting it to implement, but the healthy part too, I love the concept that you guys make that part of the unit there in your three-stage process, because if, if you can try and get people to do things, but trying to get them all to get along and work together and go places and not have, you know, little, little in office battles and stuff, you know, and sabotage and, you know, all the sort of games people play in an office work political environment. Uh, is really a challenge. Yeah. Well, it starts off with trust. Ah. Right? A, I'm waving around because, of course, there's one fly in the room here. And guess what it's doing now that I'm on camera? <laughs> it's buzzing you. It's trying to get its uh, it's trying to get a SAG card. So it's trying to fly in and out of the scene so it can get a SAG card. <clears throat> so we're talking about trust, right? When you're talking about building team health, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of different aspects about it. Um, but at the underlying this um, ability to build a, a really strong team is to be able to build trust. Mm -hmm. And I really, you know, I experienced this so many times with these high-performing teams that I was working with. Mm -hmm. Feeling like you can feel it when you come into a group of people that trust each other. Mm -hmm. And from that trust, we then leverage the ability to actually have healthy conflict in a team. Oh. And it's so interesting because I, I've worked with teams in the past where everybody's kind of like just sitting around the table. I'm like, okay, you know, 
what are your issues? What's getting in your way? No mm-hmm. one's saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to hurt anybody's feelings or step on each other's uh, toes. Right. <laughs> we don't have trust. We don't have trust, right? And we've got to have that environment where people can let it go, right? And can mm-hmm. talk about it and say, look, this is what I see that is going on. Hey, this person's ticking me off over here and, you know, just get into it. But in mm-hmm. in a good way, right? In a, in a way of uh, talk about having healthy conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, because if people are buttoning that stuff up, if they're stuffing it down inside and they're not letting it out, then um, when things go pear-shaped, as I say, <clears throat> then that's when the real, you know, all of that stuff comes up and it's not going to be good. There you go. Give us the definition of pear-shape. What does that mean in your in, in your uses of it? <laughs> well, it's it's a visual, right? When things go from up to <laughs> down They're like Settling that. and crashing well, inside of themselves. Yeah, you know. It's sounds, just, like, <clears throat> sounds like you're describing my shape I post on Tinder. Uh, so there you go. That explains why. I How's that actually. working for you, Chris? <laughs> it's not. It's not. Have you seen me lately? Uh, so there you go. Uh, so uh, let's talk about this uh, thing that EOS has. Uh, that I find this, they call the EOS model. Uh, do you want to get into this? You want to talk about some of the processing that sure. you use and different things? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell us about the EOS model because this, this kind of goes more in depth into your vision traction and healthy uh, discussion. Yeah. So EOS uh, was developed by a gentleman called Gino Wickman um, mm-hmm. 15, 20 years ago. Gino's been a lifelong entrepreneur and um, came and joined his father in his father's business when he was about 25. Wow. The business wasn't doing very well, so Gino actually ended up taking over the business. He executed a turnaround on it, scaled it up, and they, and they sold it. So he found he had something for the, you know, the knack of the art and science of growing an entrepreneurial business. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, he went and um, joined EO in Detroit, the Entrepreneurs Organization. Mm-hmm. There, he really found that he loved helping his fellow business owners with building their businesses. And he ended up um, trying and testing a bunch of tools over about a five-year period and ended up developing EOS, mm-hmm. right? And so what he found in that process was... 19 out of 20 businesses, everybody's got their head down, they're running like heck, they're working really hard, but they're just feeling a little stuck and they're not Mm -hmm. managing to kind of break through. Um, But then he found in one out of 20 businesses, people have got their head down, they're running like heck, but they're succeeding Mm -hmm. and things are going really well. And so he looked at those 5% of businesses and figured out that they were strong in six key components in their business. Mm-hmm. And so he's, you know, really looked into that and developed it and um, turned it into the EOS model. And so those six key components, would you like me to go through them? Yes, let's do. Let's flush them out. So the first one is vision, right? And I, you know, we talked about this before, like, you know, being really strong with your vision, like getting it out of your mind getting it shared around the leadership team and then getting it shared around the, the everybody in the business. So everybody's mm-hmm. on the same page uh, is so important. And then the second key component is people. Because very simply, you can't bring a great vision to reality without having really great people in the business. Yeah, um, people are really important too. 
People are people, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, so we have a bunch of tools in EOS for helping you, you know, cut through all those terms out there like A players and superstars and top quartile and really sort of get right down to the heart of what makes great people for each business because it's unique uh, mm -hmm. to each business, to each team. Um, from there, the third key component is data. It's about running a business on facts and figures and objective information, getting away from feelings and egos and all that sort of subjective stuff that so often comes up. Well, you know, let me throw something in your gear there. There's there's all sorts of people now that say we need to be more emotional in business. We need an emotional quotients and emotional intelligence and stuff. And uh, I don't know, man, but what seems to get emotional, you seem to end up at HR. I don't know. Is that me or what's that about? Well, so it's all in there, you know, part of the vision, part of the, the tools that we use to build vision is about really working on your core values. Mm. Like, who are you guys as your team? What's What defines the culture of your organization? So, you know, setting that foundation with the team and then getting the right people who fit those that culture, you know, fit those core values into the team, I think short circuits and stops you ending up um, being there in HR, but still creating that environment where people can, you know, bring their real selves to work, right? Be authentic and be free to really help the business move forward. There you go. Uh, I like how you talk about the authentic self because trying to get people self-actualized and stuff can be a challenge and kind of a personal journey if you were. Um, what's next up in the EOS model? Well, so when I work with my clients and we, and we strengthen the vision, the people and the data components, then we actually get transparency into the organization. Mm. We actually start seeing the obstacles that are getting in their way, the stuff that's slowing them down, the things that are ticking them off. And that's mm. great. <laughs> we want to have all that stuff come bubbled up to the surface. And that takes me to the fourth key component, which is the issues component. So. Mm. We really want to get that leadership team really great about being able to identify those obstacles, identify their issues, and then to be able to set them up, solve them together as a leadership team, knock those things down and get them out of the way so that they can move the business forward. Get really great as a team at solving their issues. There you go. Uh, and yeah, if you've got issues, you definitely want to solve them because... Uh Nobody needs more issues than Vogue, uh, which I have, my psychiatrist tells me. Uh, traction and process are two of the last items on your, on your uh, model here. Uh, talk okay. to us about those. So process, strengthening the process component is all about getting the important stuff done in the business the best way and the right way every single time. And when we can get that consistency in the business, Oh my gosh, that's where the scalability comes and the business becomes easier to manage, more fun and more profitable. No one likes do overs, rework, you know, customer service complaints, all that sort of stuff, right? Just slows you right down. It does. It does. Um, so these are different ways, six different ways that uh, people can use the EOS model and you guys help sit them down, take them through a process. And teach them how to how to rebuild their thinking and and uh, and uh, how they go through stuff. I see something called the EOS process on the website. Do you want to flush that out for us a little bit? 
Yeah, so that's the process that I work, the US process is how I help my clients implement and install these tools uh, in their business. Mm-hmm. And it starts off, there's, there's two kind of phases to it. So it starts off at the beginning with a with a learning phase. I come in, I've got three roles with the team. I'm a teacher, a facilitator, and a coach. So mm-hmm. I teach a set of tools, right? I facilitate that leadership team's conversation about how they want to implement those tools in their business. And I coach them. I coach them along the way. I listen to them. Here's what they say they want to do, you know, and then coach them on what's getting in the way, what can we do differently, and move them through. So at the beginning of the process, I'm teaching a lot of new skills, a lot of new tools, um, but it's a great part of the process. I love it because typically, you know, somebody engaging with me at the beginning doesn't have a lot of those things in the business. Yeah. Um, It's interesting how they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, They're just like, I don't know, we started a business, so we make widgets, and uh, we're trying to figure it all out from there. One of the low-hanging fruit that's an amazing thing is a lot of leadership teams just aren't meeting on a regular cadence. You know, um, they might schedule a leadership team meeting, but it's the first thing that gets canceled when there's a, oh, we've got to go on a sales call, we've got to do something else, so blow that one off. And... (laughs) Yeah, anytime I get bad customer service or I see where someone has created a lot of barriers or walls or hoops for uh, a sales process to uh, go through, you know, a cart process or buying process, you know, I, I, I was complaining on Facebook about experience I've been having lately going out to eat and mid-level to high-level uh uh, high dining, high fine dining, that's the word I'm looking for, places. And it seems like I either get one of two things nowadays. I either get bad food that was misled on Yelp uh, by the reviewers who evidently have no taste, or I get bad service. And I can't find, it's very hard for me to find a restaurant anymore that gives both. <laughs> and And I remember I was joking about how like the last person I went to that uh, uh, gave me, they had really great food. They had great plating, great environment. Everything was great. They just had untrained, unskilled wait- waiters. And I think one of them might have been a co or a manager. And I know it's hard to hire in this environment, but um, you can train people once you hire them. You know, there's this thing called training, <laughs> which is what you do, help people do. Um <clears throat> And and I always get this imagination whenever I see bad service or, or bad sales, and I just go, you know, I'm taking my money elsewhere, that people are probably sitting in the back having a meeting going, damn it, we need to figure out why to have more sales. In fact, uh, cancel that training of the waitress, and uh, let's uh, have a meeting on why the sales aren't working. No one wants another meeting, right? This is the thing. Or training, right. for that matter. <laughs> or training, yeah, right. But at the end of the day, you know, we – because we're people and everybody's got, you know, different opinions and different ideas in their minds. It's like, we do have to get together. We do have to sort this stuff out. Otherwise it is going to be chaotic. I mean, probably some of these experiences you're having is there isn't this mm-hmm. cohesion, right? Yeah. Somebody's <laughs> you know, not training somebody. Let's, uh, training, yeah. let's suss that out a little bit. Why is it important for companies to invest in training? You know, like we've been talking about how, you know, oh, God, we have to take time out for training. We don't have enough time as it is because we're chasing our tail because our systems are so messed up. Why is it important to make an investment in training? Well, 
I'll, I'll answer this in a couple of uh, different ways. So when we're talking about getting these really right people, you know, to come and join the team, we talk about right people, right seats, okay? And this is a term from Jim Collins, who wrote Good to Great 20 years ago. Right people are people who share your core values, right? They're really like fit in and we're part of a team, mm-hmm. okay? And then right seats are people who are really great at their job. They've got the talent, the skills, the experience, the expertise to be really great at their job. And one of the lenses that I use for this is something oh. called GWC. And this stands for gets it, wants it, has the capacity to do it. Okay. And so the reason why I'm talking about this is because it is hard to hire people, right? It's, it's been extremely difficult these last, you know, probably about five years. And it still is. I'm seeing with my clients, it's, it's difficult to find good, competent people to show up uh, on the job. And so, you know, we have this lens, gets it once it has the capacity to do it. Do they mm-hmm. fundamentally get the job? Do they understand what's required in the job? Do you see the neurons in their brain connecting when you under, you know explain the job to them? Mm-hmm. And then once it means, do they roll out of bed in the morning wanting to come to work, wanting to come do this job? And, you know, I, I, I do joke about it, right? And I see you're smiling too because you fundamentally can't pay people to get a job or to want a job. It's got to come from inside. Definitely. Right. And they got to want to do it. They got to want to be involved. They got to see the bigger vision. They got to feel like yeah. they're contributing somehow. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So you, you're getting it now. And so the leaders of the organization have to paint that picture. They have to mm-hmm. say, this is where we're going. And we're heading for the horizon over there. I don't know how we're going to get there, but follow me. Like, let's go do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this capacity, you know, people do come into jobs with um, innate skills and talent, but what I really do see is that um, organizations do need to, to train people up. And so many of my clients will say, like, just give me a good person and I will train them to do the job, right? And, I'd be guilty of that. Yeah, well, it's, it's a thing. And um, so I think, you know, in this current labor market, just really being able to look and see about what it is that you need to get done and then to find good people who fit your, your culture, you know, who, who sign up for your core values and share in those core values and, and share and want to be a part of the vision for your organization. If you find people like that and bring them in, then training is, you know, your ability to, you know, your lever to be able to bring that person truly in and make sure they're a right person in the right seat, helping you take the business forward. So, There you go. Well, this has been hugely insightful. Uh, Give us your final thoughts and tell people how they can onboard with you. uh, What sort of client you're usually looking for that, you know, this is a fit for them. This goes out on the LinkedIn newsletter and stuff like that and LinkedIn. So, uh, you know, what, what client is best uh, that you're looking to work with, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, Chris. So ideal clients for EOS business owners uh, who want to grow their business but maybe they're feeling a little stuck, right? You know, they've, they've tried a lot of things in the business. Maybe people, you know, confusion or um, we've, you know, had a ceiling with revenue. So feeling a little stuck, but want to grow and are open 
um, open and willing to be vulnerable, really, with themselves and with everybody else in the room and the greater good of, of taking the business forward. So it's about a mindset. And what I see in that is truly also being um, more afraid of the status quo than you are of change, oh. right? That's a big divider that I see because some people, they, they want to hold on to the status quo. They're going to yeah. go down with the status quo, right? Okay, they're not going to be uh, a good client for um, EOS and having EOS help them grow their business. Um, sweet spot for us is 10 to 250 employees. Mm-hmm. It's all about people because mm-hmm. EOS is a, it's just a way of harmonizing and orchestrating all of the human energy in the business. So if those things fit, if you're feeling stuck and you're willing to be open uh, to go do the work, um, then by all means, um, reach out. And so by email is probably a good way. So steve.morris at eosworldwide.com is a great way of, of reaching me. There you go. And then give us your .com on your website too. So that was eosworldwide.com slash stephen-morris. <laughs> there you go. Well, Steve, uh, it's been wonderful to have you on. Very insightful and great business discussion on leadership and business. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, Chris. It's been great talking with you today, and thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for your time, too, as well, sir. Uh, uh, to my audience, thank you for your time as well. We couldn't do it without you. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, and Chris Voss1 on TikTok. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time. And there we go. We're out, Steve. Got it in the can. Great right. discussion.